You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. Hello, everybody. This is not just another post-game wrap-up. This is the last and final post-game wrap-up of Desperate Housewives. Of course, it's season eight. The final season, episodes 22 and 23. And uh, I'm Derek Shore along with Katori Take here in the studio. Hello, studio guys. B, how you doing? Great, how are you? I'm good. We're sad not to have Roxy with us tonight, but we're thrilled to have Phil Svitek with us uh, doing the tech stuff for us. He's our welcome, welcome, wonderful everybody. producer. In fact, Phil was setting I've up got, the shot. You know what we should do? Well, I, have, I have some later on in our, uh, hopefully, what you guys will accept as the special segment. I got, I've got a few Desperate Housewives sound bites, and we're going to play Name That Season. Oh. oh, okay. That's awesome. I hope <laughs> I, I'm up for the challenge, and I hope we'll do okay. Because <laughs> Kaori and I were talking in the in the season finale tonight, the series finale. We were there were a few characters we hadn't seen in a while, and it wasn't until the very end of the episode when we saw all of those people dressed in white on Wisteria Lane when yeah. Susan was driving out. We're like, wait a minute, that person and that person and that person. This show has had so many characters, so many storylines, so many story arcs. Oh my gosh, it changes on a dime sometimes, and it really is kind of overwhelming to realize how much we've seen over eight seasons. Yeah, you forget about the storyline sometimes. Like, that was a quick recap at the very end of everything that went down in those eight seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Well, so hopefully we'll do we'll do pretty well uh, with Phil's little game later. But remember, our, our fantastic partner here at AfterBuzz is Bing.com. You know, Bing.com is for doing, and of course we're here doing another after show, so we're <laughs> glad to have you all along and uh, we'll, we're, we're hoping that you'll tweet us during the show or you will call during our comments. Phil, can you give us the number here in Studio B? I don't have it memorized by heart, but what's the number oh, that I'm viewers can flash call it on in? the screen as well. That would be fantastic. Uh, and it's uh, 424-256-1633. Excellent. So all of you listening, 424-256-1633. If you have any comments on the entirety of, uh, of Desperate Housewives, the full eight seasons or these last few episodes. Call now or speak your... Or forever hold your peace. What is it? <laughs> forever hold your oh, peace. Hold your Fe- peace. Speak now. You know, I I have mixed emotions because this show. I know that everything must come to an end, good uh-huh, and bad. Sure. I have been such a big fan of Desperate Housewives, and I feel like we've got to mention that this week GCB was canceled, mm-hmm. high profile show. That was going to be my. Well, I didn't know that. Yes, GCB big is news. not happening now, and that was. My my new thing, you know, now that Housewives yeah. was gone, I thought, well, at least I have Kristen Chenoweth and the gang from GCB. But I've got to say, after that show is canceled and now that Housewives is over, 
just going to stop watching TV. Seriously. Oh, you can't do that. I know, but still, it feels dramatic and fun to say, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's still, you know, Once Upon a Time and all those TV shows that are going to come back in the fall. Yeah, so that's true. That's true. That. It's going to be a long summer, but in the fall, uh, keep your eyes on ABC. So yes. let's jump right into it and uh, and get right into the Bree storyline, because this is something that I know, uh, Kaori, you've only been with us for a few shows, mm-hmm. but Roxy and I talked a lot about how this this storyline of Brie being on trial for murder was getting a bit old. And we've seen Brie with Orson, and we saw her with Chuck, the private investigator, and then we saw her on trial for murder. And I've got to say, and I I sensed a little bit of this from you tonight when we were watching the show. It was kind of irritating that the final, final episode of this entire season, so much of it was bogged down with Bree's court case. Yeah, like, sitting they, in a courtroom, I was like, this is not law and order. This is <laughs> Desperate Housewives. I think they really dragged on the whole trial thing, and they could have done how it ended. It could have ended maybe mid-season, the way things happened. Thank you. I agree. I mean, I hate when we agree, because I feel like we should disagree, but we agree on this. I just, oh, I mean, in, in the way it ended, it was like, finally, but at the same time, it could have ended a little better. You know, I, I think the lesson we can all take oh. from this is, if your neighbor accidentally kills someone in self-defense, you know, if that ever happens to you, don't take responsibility for the yeah, crime that you did not, not commit. Because this could have, seriously, a 10 episodes early on in the uh-huh. season, if they would have just said, listen, this was Gabby's douchebag, uh, child molester uh, stepfather, and her husband killed him out of self-defense. I mean, Why couldn't they have just admitted that sooner? I mean, it was, it was a smart way to end it, to bring back Karen McCluskey and me like, oh yeah, I did it. But at the same time, like Gabby got away with being a witch, you know? Yeah. And all these things were kind of erased, and there's these little holes that were bugging me that they weren't filled. I'm glad you brought up Karen McCluskey, because... Yeah. I, I've always liked her. Me She's too. kind of the crotchety woman on the lane. What I do not like about her storylines, the cancer storyline, I think it pulls at your heartstrings, and obviously mm-hmm. most of us know someone who's been, been affected by cancer. So I'm glad that they addressed that, and she did that great public service announcement at the end of the series yeah, tonight saying, hey, One lung can. cancer is a serious thing. That aside, however, I feel like Karen McCluskey's character was specifically used as a tool to... A, fake us out when Mike was murdered on the lane because they wanted us to think, oh, she has cancer. She must be the character, the major character who's going to die. Right. So they used her as a decoy. You do. You think that. And then B, they they used her storyline to get Tom and Lynette back together. And not not to mention Brie and the lawyer together. And Brie and the lawyer and to get Brie off the hook. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. To me, that was a little bit of... I don't know, Blaine. Like, that's a wrap. Let's just bring her back and have her tie all the knots. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Let's have this one character somehow have overlapping storylines with all these other characters. And, oh, look, she got Tom and Lynette back together. She oh, look, she got Brie off for murder. And, oh, look at this other, oh, Mike was killed and we fooled the audience. So in that way, I mean, again, I think a bit of predictability is okay. But as a viewer, I feel like I was a bit manipulated by the Karen McCluskey storyline. A little storyline. disappointed, I would A little say. bit. I don't know. I, I just wanted to see more of a of a, a shock value on how they were going to twist things. What did you think? I mean, when you say that you think there were holes in the in the in the wrap up of Brie finally being acquitted, what what do you think was missing? In I that? mean, what for you... example, Karen McCluskey. There, oh, because of her health issues and because of her age, we 
we're gonna quit her and we're not gonna call, tell her she's guilty but she just said she was guilty so she gets no jail time nothing just because she's old <laughs> come on okay so i guess i need to amend my advice earlier <laughs> if your neighbor commits a crime not only do you not confess to doing it if you didn't but have the oldest person on the lane confess to it because, because she'll get away with it <laughs> you're right they'll never be tried that was a little bit i mean i know that I mean, does come on. happen hey who was maybe, phil maybe you know this remember last year there was, um, I don't want to say it was Dr. Kevorkian, but there was a high-profile case where someone was let off the hook. Some murderer was, like, let out of jail Are because you talking he about was the child? old. Wait, no. Oh, I feel like no, this I happens all the time, where someone's too old and they're dying in jail, and they're like, oh, you know what? He's old. He's, we've got to blend up his dinner every night. <laughs> yes. we'll, just, we'll just let him go home just and die in peace. Seriously. I didn't well, like that. At all. R.I.P. Karen McCluskey. I mean, what would you think about the wrap-up where we actually saw her eyes close and her hand dropped to the side and she died? A lot of death I mean, on Wisteria Lane. My goodness. You know, th- before the finale, they were all saying, okay, we're going to have one of the main characters die. She is a reoccurring character, and she's a pretty big character, but she's not, like, she's shock not- value dead. And I would not call her a main character <laughs> no, either. No, I wouldn't no. either. So when she passed away, sure, it was sad, but... It, it, it felt like it was her time coming, and they prepared that pretty well. Well, you know, and you know I thought I, mean? it, I thought it played nicely into this this bigger idea that I think was driven home pretty well in in the series finale here. That life is all about it's 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 all about chapters. It, there are new mm-hmm. beginnings. People die. People are born. We saw Karen McCluskey die. We we saw Julie's baby. At the same time same time and even that young brunette girl who looks shockingly like Susan Delfino played Shocking. by Terry Hatcher I love this young hot girl shows up on the lane with her husband and oh it's Susan Delfino Jr. moving into the house but it was annoying on one hand but I thought it was also kind of cool at the same yeah. same time we're seeing the new family move in and of course the first thing she brings into the house is this a box of secrets mystery box mystery that Hidden. she's locking up in the garage so I thought that was kind of cool because I don't know. It's easier to accept death when a birth happens. And if we look at our own lives in terms of, you know, everything comes to an end. Yeah. Good and bad. And sometimes it's just time to accept the new thing. You know, it's interesting because it seems like since everyone kind of left Wisteria Lane, they all had happy endings. Whereas this chick who moves into Wisteria Lane is on to something mysterious. So it's something about Wisteria Lane lane. that uh, causes all those curses or interesting lifestyles i think yeah well we'll and we'll talk a little bit later yeah. about the flash forward that we saw with susan and tom mm-hmm. with gabby and carlos it was a bit of a rosy wrap-up for, for my was. taste and i was surprised to see that they did that fast forward yeah. but but we'll get into that a little bit later sure. so before we move on from brie she is on trial for murder. We finally see this wrapped up because of Karen McCluskey. Uh-huh. And the courtroom drama ends. And I did appreciate how in that first hour, at least they didn't drag the courtroom drama through to the very last moment of uh-huh. the series. At least it was over in the first hour of the two-hour series finale. It, again, it could have been done before this night. <laughs> I know, but then what would her storyline have been? And actually, you know what's funny is I know all of these girls, and maybe some of our viewers, maybe you'll agree with this, the whole Brian Austin Green thing to, yeah. uh, during a commercial break again today. Kaori leans over. She's like, "Remember when she was dating <laughs> Brian Austin Green?" <laughs> oh God! I did it like Seriously. that. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think that sound effect was actually recorded 
of you. Wasn't that the sound you were making when we were talking about Brian Austin Green? I mean, seriously, what is it with girls and Brian Austin Green? By the way, a little uh, behind the scenes, I have a friend who worked on uh, the original 90210. I love that show. Well, you know what? Um, apparently, he's kind of a douche. Oh, no. I know, but we can't talk about those things on air. Anyway, Off so air. you should end your love affair with him quickly. <laughs> but my point was that imagine Bree's character. This is the end-all, be-all. Bree does not end up with Brian Austin Green. She, she ends up with Quantum Leap, dude. Trip. Very random, but I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with Quantum Leap, dude. Me too. It's just a departure from the guys she was dating, mm-hmm. you know, the last two seasons. And, and I do think that they are a good fit and... Mm-hmm. I don't know, the fact that she moved to Louisville and became a state legislator and... That was a little unnecessary. And was what? shaking hands with very conservative <laughs> women. I'm like, what? But at least she found love, though. That's don't, the... <laughs> don't you think, like, in politics, you know, entertainment news will come up, she was a whore, she was on trial for murder. That's what I was thinking, too. You know? In that shot where the reporters were asking yeah. her questions with the mic. Like, what are you asking? Here's a big question, though. Did anyone else notice this besides Kaori and me? What the hell happened to Bree's children? <laughs> I love it. it's like, oh, and yeah. Bree moved on. Her children were whore. I mean, Andrew, yeah. the gay son, is gone. Disappeared. The daughter. And the grandchild that she fought for. <laughs> and the grandchild she fought for. Yes. Yes, exactly. She wanted this grandchild so badly. And now it's like, oh, my daughter? What daughter? Hmm. I mean, Bree, you've left, left all the rest of us saying, what daughter? Yeah, we almost forgot. Well, but something was missing. That was another hole. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but this show, though, I mean, I guess every character can't appear in every episode. And honestly, if they had brought every character back for this yeah. series finale and done like a large class photo with everyone standing there, <laughs> Andrew and the daughter and the granddaughter and all these other people, that would have been annoying. They did kind of do that with with all of the people the standing ghosts. in white, all the ghosts of Wisteria mm-hmm. Lane, which. Should we just talk about that right now? Why Sorry, not? I keep me- here. Okay, so at the end of this two-hour series finale, everyone has flash forwards, right? We have uh, Gabby and Carlos. We've got Lynette and Tom. We have Bree going off to be a legislator, and Susan is the only person we don't see having a flash forward. I think maybe it's because they didn't have the money to hire an actor to play Susan's baby. You know, flash forward for yeah. now because <laughs> Julie's baby. I mean. Um, you know, 20 years from now. But when when Susan is finally driving away from Wisteria Lane and the new Susan, the young brunette girl who goes into the garage with her box of secrets and locks it up, um, they're driving away from the lane and all of these people are standing there dressed in... Mary Alice Young, by the way. I love her voice. Yeah. I love her voiceover. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, I mean, tonight I thought it was a little much. And the ghosts of Wisteria Lane. Yeah. They look, <laughs> they look at Susan as she drives away in her Volvo. Blah, blah, blah. And there we have like... Bree's first husband, Rex. And then we have Susan's first husband, who, Carl. who was Carl, who Hi. died. And then we had Tom's baby mama, who yeah. came from the past. And then we had that... I a mean, lot of people we forgot about. Carlos's mother, who was hit by a car, mm-hmm. driven by Bree's son, Andrew. I mean, all, of, all of these husband. characters were on the lane, Not dressed in white as ghosts, like kind of solemnly looking at Susan as she drove away. It was, it was pretty eerie, actually. I, I don't know how I felt about that. It was nice to see them as a flashback memory of all the things that happened that season. But you know what? I guess I that was it. it. It made sense. It, I, I guess I should not be shocked to see them wrap it up that way. However, I did think the cheese ball factor was a little over the top. And mm-hmm. by the way, Mark Cherry standing in as yes. a mover guy. That was 
hilarious. That was really funny. That was hilarious. We've never seen Mark never. Cherry in an episode. Well, I mean, I not the, not as a prominent. Yeah, uh, he no. was a featured extra tonight carrying that box out. I love that he put himself. And in it the was last funny. Episode. He was carrying a moving box. You know how I symbolic know. is that? Totally symbolic. <laughs> I mean, for and everyone knows Mark Cherry is the creator of Desperate Housewives. By the way, I guess we should mention that. Yeah, um, we take that for granted. But he, Mark Cherry, has worked in Hollywood for a very long time, and he was actually Dixie Carter's assistant. Do you remember Dixie Carter, who was one of the original designing women? Remember designing women? I remember designing she, women. She was Suzanne Sugarbaker, and I mean Dixie Carter, just heart of gold. I adored her, and she, then she died last year. Oh, she did. And she also played the role of Orson's mother on Desperate Housewives. Remember oh. her? That was maybe last season or two seasons mm-hmm. ago, and she is just, uh, she was a young, uh, she was too young to die. But Mark Cherry was Dixie Carter's assistant, and I mean, she must have been so proud well, of him. him to s- Look at him now. I know. He's doing well. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, that kind of wraps um, up the Bree storyline. Yes, I'm going to bring in, uh, you guys talk Hollywood, I'm going to bring an outside Hollywood perspective. Please do. One of our callers. How about that? Sure. That would be awesome. Rock and roll. And who, and who is this caller we have the pleasure of speaking with? Well, you guys say hi. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Hi, caller. Hi, it's Susie. Susie. Hi, Susie. I was hoping it would be you, but I didn't want to jinx it. How you doing? Good. I'm good. Oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe it's over. I know. It's crazy. I know. Please tell me you cried tonight during the episode. It, it was a good episode. Did, um, did you cry, and, though? Did you shed a tear? Yeah, I did. I, I have to admit. Like, Karen McCluskey... And yeah. and at the end, it, it, it kind of sucks at the way end. I mean, it's sad, but, I mean, um, you were talking about the pe- like all the people at the end, and as you said, one of, one of my friends who I was watching it with, she texted me, and she goes, where's Edie? And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, she didn't, right. didn't know about, like, that the, I mean, point. obviously, they they probably they didn't bring Edie back because of the whole, like, you know, trial, whatever that she's going through, right? I love that you said that, Susie. I love that. That is such a good point. But, uh, yeah, apparently Edie's uh, conflict with Mark Cherry prevented her from appearing as one of the loving guardian angels on the lane. She's probably loving no more. <laughs> that That is an awesome point, That's Susie. Really I'm so point. glad you said that. But continue on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, that that was interesting to me. Um, Didn't you think it was odd? Uh, Remember when Bree dated that crazy scientist? Whoa, oh no, pharmacist. Oh, whatever. Yes. White, oh long God. white coat, scientist, pharmacist, whatever. It, what, didn't the you think it was weird that yes. he was one of the people they chose to include? Did, say I, didn't you think it was odd that he was one of the characters they chose to bring back as an angel at the end? Oh, uh... uh. No, not so. You didn't think know. that was see because I was surprised to I was surprised to see him. And honestly, what was going through my mind is, <laughs> I wonder how much their day rate is because all those characters were like regular characters, yeah. but they don't have any speaking lines. <laughs> so how much are they it getting like them? For? Like, is it a SAG minimum day rate? <laughs> what are they paying these people? I know I shouldn't think of the business side, but I do. I always think of the nuts and bolts. Who's it's holding fair. the lights? The camera? Whatever. So, Susie, can you hear us okay? I know that um, we can hear you totally fine. We just, I'm curious if you're having issues hearing us. Yeah, it's a, it's a little staticky, actually. Oh. It's a little hard to hear you. 
Sorry. So um, tell me then, what do you what do you think of the storyline of Susan leaving the lane? One of the things that kept coming up in my mind was that knowing a little bit of the backstory and the fact that Susan's character uh, played by Terry Hatcher, they've had some real life drama on the set the last couple of years. Apparently, Terry Hatcher has kind of distanced herself from the other girls. Between takes, they're not hanging out on set. Terry just goes and does her own thing, is in her trailer, whatever. So, did you did you get the sense these last few episodes that Terry's storyline or Susan's storyline was a little more separate from the girls and maybe that wasn't so coincidental? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I was sad that she, I mean, I was sad that she was off the lane, but I guess it. She was. I guess they wanted to make it so that she was the first one to move on. So it all started with her moving on, and then everybody else sort of left after her. That's that's what they kind of made it seem like. You know, if that makes sense. Right, but, but she, she was. She seemed like she was a little de- detached from the rest of the um, the women. Right, like she wasn't at the wedding at all, and. Uh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's there. so interesting. She was not at the wedding. I mean, Julie was giving birth during the wedding, but that's that's a really good point. That's a really good interesting. point. Well, you know, you pointed out that she was kind of detached, and I was like, that's a really good point yourself. I mean, I, I personally think that it's not just a coincidence that when I there's real-life drama between these actors, that their characters some somehow suddenly have these separate storylines that may yeah, run parallel to each other but not necessarily overlap and frankly I was I was a bit knowing the background of Susan and the drama with the girls I was a bit surprised when they were all playing poker together at the table mm-hmm. at the end of this series finale I was thinking oh wow is that a little bit awkward to have I mean clearly they're all professionals and phenomenal yeah. what they do but that's got to be a little bit awkward if there's behind the scenes drama song, right? Yeah. well apparently they all three girls, except for uh, Terry Hatcher, they sent. They made a gift for you know the cast and crew, and they uh, signed everyone's name except for. Susie oh, you read about this? Hatcher. Yeah. Good girl, Susie. Did you hear about this? The the cast I gift. Ba- I can barely hear. Oh, I no. can't oh, hear Susie. better. It's so oh. Okay. Well, listen. Um. How about this? We're gonna let you go because we're having audio technical difficulties. <laughs> but no, we love you. We are so glad you watched the show. And feel free to, maybe if you have any comments, you could tweet them at AfterBuzz, and we will, you know, Phil will share them with us while we're doing the show because we're going to be on the air here for yeah, another half course. hour. Yeah, so. of course. I'm going to tweet you guys, and I'm okay. going to comment on the YouTube video and everything. And I just, and um, I, I, oh, one thing about Gabby and Carlos is that I was so weird to see the role reversal like in mm-hmm. the last whatever the um the last episode how the roles were like completely reversed from like season one to season eight and yeah you know they showed that and that was so funny to see that but, but kind of refreshing at the know, same but, time too yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah that was interesting to me but yeah. I, I but overall i i mean i liked it um i mean it's silver but and I'm sad, but anyway, yeah. Thank you for letting me comment. These oh my past gosh! Are you thank ca- you no, me. thank you, thank you. Yeah. Really, Susie, we Aww. totally appreciate it, and uh, and don't lose too much sleep tonight. 
over the fact that the show is over. It'll be it'll be a good Aww. memory. And and like they said in Desperate I'll... Housewives, you know you're middle aged when your memories start becoming more I important loved than your dreams. That line. I know. Oh really yeah, I, I loved I it. That line. But I Susie, we know you're not middle aged, even if you were. No problem. But we know you're not because you're in college, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you, you, Susie. Thanks for calling in. And, you know, Susie made an excellent point. Uh, she mentioned how she's going to go to our YouTube videos mm-hmm. and comment on them, give us a thumbs up and comment. And that is what we rely upon here at AfterBuzz. Of course, we are super fans of these shows. Super we love doing fan. our shows every week. And we are we are glad to provide these these shows to you free of charge. The only thing we ask for is that you rate our shows on iTunes and YouTube. So if you could just make a comment, tell everyone else how, how much fun we are, uh, and, yeah. and essentially that and helps it keeps us the show alive. Keeps I the mean, show there's, alive. There's, there's, there's nothing left after this and you know what? It's, it's, you know, maybe, maybe you want to go back. Maybe, maybe you've listened to a few already. Maybe you have a friend who hasn't, you know, who, who they're dealing with this withdrawal. Tell, tell that friend to listen and they'll kind of go through the journey as well. And, and, uh, what are they, uh, uh, it's what's the word for like you're not you're get, trying to get off cocaine so you get to like weed so you're coming down a step. You're it's, it, it's you're, a, it's you're a, weaning yourself. The come no. down. The come the, down. The come down. There's a word for it. You're let's see. Oh, uh, no, we're gonna be weaning. here all night thinking I'm about. I'm thinking it. of like a suckling pig. <laughs> you're going through withdrawals. But anyway, tell a friend. How about that? You're going through withdrawals. <laughs> tell a friend. The other way that you can help us out, it, it actually, it helps us, us out a lot, is if you shop on Amazon. I, you know, I was just on Amazon today. It's clear, I use Amazon constantly. One thing you can do to help us, this doesn't cost you a dime. When you go to AfterBuzzTV.com, there's a little Amazon button. I think it's in the top right corner of the screen. And if you click on that and then do your Amazon shopping, then when you buy whatever you're buying, you know, I don't know. What do people buy on Amazon? I buy um, a lot, bunch of bicycle gear. Maria Menounos' book. Maria Menounos' <laughs> book. <laughs> what is wrong with me tonight? I promise I'm not drunk. <laughs> then we get a we get a percentage of the sales that doesn't go to buy the fine jewels you see me wearing on the screen tonight. It actually goes to help keep the lights on here in the, the studio. The fine jewel. The fine jewel. The, the fine the fine jewel that I'm wearing tonight. <laughs> Um, so please, <laughs> AfterBuzzTV.com, click on Amazon. Okay, back to the show now. Yes. So anyway, let's talk about Gabby and Carlos, since Susie, our, our lovely, diehard, loyal viewer, pointed this out. The role reversal. Okay, I just want to say I love the Rosalind Sanchez cameo appearance as the gardener. Okay, thank you. And will you... So, okay, so Rosalind Easy. Sanchez, you happen to know the name of this beautiful actress. Well, she, you know, she was in Rush Hour 2. She just came out of the movie Act of Valor. She is hot, smoking hot, and like she's got a really good personality seems like I mean I've never met her and for the viewers who may have just been like half watching tonight's Desperate Housewives tell us what role Rosalind played she played the gardener that Carlos would have cheated on but basically to kind of tick off Gabby because she cheated on Carlos in season one with Jesse Metcalf's character the the hunk the total hunk, yeah, indeed. So that was pretty cool. Well, and you know, it. I know that for some people it may be a little bit unsettling or a bit disorienting to see Gabby taking this role, but it was. Well, I, I don't. Th- I don't think so at all. For me, I love it. I love yeah. seeing her as the power player, and also, Gabby is this super fast, witty, caustic, fashionable hottie mm-hmm. who 
deserves a career in fashion because well, she's so well suited for it. It was really entertaining the way they did that. But plus, Carlos wanted to do something more humble, so it kind of worked out on both of their factors. Because who's going to step up to take care of the kids and that lifestyle? It has to be one of them, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and you know how we've been talking all about how, uh, well, uh, the last few episodes, I've been saying how Gabby has some of the best <laughs> lines. She does. Of, she's of, funny. Of the series, she's so good. But tonight, <laughs> what I loved is when. I don't even remember the context. She was asking Carlos to do something, and he was like, I can't do it. And she's like, sure you can. Your job, you know, you help the poor and downtrodden. Uh, th- th- that group, they they have a very flexible schedule. I, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Her writing has been really, really great. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a bit disproportionate. You know, the funny lines have all gone to Gabby. Yeah, they've last all few gone episodes. to her. Well, that's just because she's the one that can say it. She has that witch attitude. No. Remember a few a few seasons ago when Gabby remember before they did the fast forward mm-hmm. actually no 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 it was right after they had done the fast forward okay. and everyone's kids were grown up yeah. Gabby suddenly had Juanita and Celia yeah. the yeah. the, the baby fast, girls yeah. and she was going through her ugly phase mm-hmm. not her ugly phase I her mean her less attractive phase she's dropped at gorgeous her, mm-hmm. her no makeup baggy clothes sweats face her mom face her mom face exactly that i was kind of wondering these last this last season when they were, when carlos was talking about getting out of his career yeah. and doing something to help people i was thinking oh my gosh what even roxy said a few episodes ago she's like please don't let them be poor again yeah. gabby was not funny or pretty when she was poor yeah she's a little rough <laughs> and so i love that in the fast forward tonight Gabby's successful business. You know, she launched her own line, and now she's got her own show on Home Shopping Network. That was and awesome. And she and Carlos lived, live in a mansion in California, and, and they're still, still fighting. Arguing. Still arguing. <laughs> and they're arguing in the hot tub with a giant waterfall behind them, holding Mai Tais with yeah. little umbrellas. Are, are you okay with this ending? With the ending from them? From those two, yeah. Yes, because I'm glad to see them together. Carlos, yeah, Gabby is kind of a difficult woman, right? Carlos is kind of a difficult guy. I mean, I wouldn't want to be married to either of them. I mean, they're the only ones that could handle each other. Yeah, exactly. I kind of feel like they they bicker to an appropriate level, mm-hmm. you know? It would be boring if they didn't fight, yeah. right? I feel like every couple fights, don't they? See, there's a hole in that storyline, too. What's that? I, do they ever see their other daughter again, their real daughter? Grace. Yes, I think about that sometimes. You see Juanita, and you know Juanita was heartbroken when she found out Yeah. that she wasn't biologically there well and Gabby was heartbroken too right yeah you know what they have used some really interesting vehicles to get to wrap up these storylines remember when Grace was kind of in the picture and in order to get to get Gabby over Grace Carlos went and bought her a doll yeah do you remember that I remember and that. it was like, oh, my doll. She'll be my daughter. I'll brush her hair. I don't know. There was something a little creepy about that. It was really creepy. And then she got really obsessed with it. And it was like she was crying over it. And she pretty much would kill herself for it. We, You know, this show is... There was some is, crazy stuff going on. It's full of contradictions. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember season two when the new family moved in, moved onto the lane, and they were African-American. This was, like, way yes. pre-Vanessa Williams. I actually thought about that when the, the whole walkthrough. Oh, because we didn't see them, we right? We didn't see them. Because I feel like dead, the storylines that didn't work on Wisteria Lane are the ones that they never revisit. Like, yep. for instance, Gabby and Grace, the long-lost daughter. Gabby was heartbroken. What is she going to do? Woe is me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wait, we've moved on. Forget about her. But, well, and that's what happens all the there? time. 
This is weird. Well, good question. It's a hard storyline to follow when the girl's, you know, living in Texas. Same ha- same thing happened, though, over and over and over. There was a child, child molester who lived on the lane. Second season, there was that African-American family who moved in, and the mom had the son locked in chains in the basement, and all the neighbors could hear his chains. That change. was a really weird storyline. <laughs> Don't you think? I was like, this is not Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. They will, you what know, the hell? It, they, the, the, I think the ratings went down a little bit that season, went back up afterwards. Yeah, exactly. No, that totally. was weird. There was all kinds of strange storylines. There was the one, um, like we were talking about Bree's daughter who had a child, and then they try to fake Bree pretending to be pregnant the whole time, so she would be the one to have the child. And they found out that it was actually her grandchild. All this stuff. Whoa! whoa oh my gosh! This is like ho- holy what moment? Do you know? I cannot. This is so vague to me. Seriously, <laughs> who was Bree married to at the time? She was. I think that was, was Orson. And oh my god. They they sent the her real daughter to place in Europe to actually have the baby in secrecy. And then mm. they had baby I think the baby's name was Ben, if I remember. I'm not sure. Wow, you yeah. you ha- you have a shocking memory. That's incredible. I mean I had forgotten about that and now yes. it's slowly coming back. And you know, it's very reminiscent of when I was in high school and girls would get pregnant, the family they were just kind of like, Oh, so and so's pregnant, mm-hmm. is she? Oh, she just happened to move to China. What? Hmm? And then no one yeah. ever saw the girl again. <laughs> and then I would run into my friends at the grocery store a year later, and they would have, like, three children. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I thought you moved to China. And do you remember when Andrew was, like, a crackhead on the streets, homeless, apparently, and all this stuff? That was a weird storyline, too. And then when Andrew got, did it, was he married? He married that guy? He married a guy, and then they divorced. I think it was because, what happened there? Oh, maybe Prop 8 invalidated their marriage. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. That's just for the California viewers. <laughs> Sorry. Good, good one. I, I couldn't resist. Actually, no. I you should correct my fact. If if you were a gay couple getting married in California during the time before Prop 8, mm-hmm. your marriage is sound. Your marriage is legal. It might not be federally recognized, but it is recognized by the state. I don't think, however, this was the case with our dear friend Andrew, yeah. the son of Brady. I did like. Well, I didn't like Andrew when he was a complete asshole to his mom but he was always an asshole well no towards the end they had this very loving relationship he was more mature he understood what his mom did for him hold the phone you disagree with that hold the phone the last time we saw andrew was when he brought a girl home and said i'm not gay i'm marrying a billionaire to solve my problems and brie was like you're kind of a douchebag you're marrying her for money and pretending to be straight and she was like no i know he's gay i know he wants my money but i was always the fat girl and now i'm thin and i want love Well, Bri- no, Andrew is a douche, a total douche. And then, by the way, speaking of storylines, like wrapping up, then we never saw Andrew again. We never saw Andrew again. Ever. That, I mean, that was recent, and you know, they had to wrap it up. I guess. That's well, wrap it up. I, I still think he's a douche. I don't. Th- I mean, I yeah. Know. I kind of liked him. He was like, "Oh, thanks, mom. Yes, that's right. I am gay. It's wrong to use people for money. Oh, I love you. Mm, this is my last time on the on the whole series. See ya." Well, he's always gonna you know, do wrong things. He's never going to do anything right whenever he's on that show. It's because he's gay. The gays never do right things. Anyway, oh, please. Let's move on. Clear. I hope our viewers know. It's just men never do right things, okay? The views expressed here are those of the host only do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Someone is going to use that clip one day and take it out of context and say that I'm a gay hater. Yes, that's right. But it's actually not right. I'm totally being facetious, people. Okay, I, we got to leave Lynette and Tom for okay. the end. Can we? Can we do that, Let's please? Let's do that. I mean, that was a good one. Okay, so we've talked about Susan. We have talked about Bree. We have talked about Gabby and Carlos. Let's talk a little bit about Renee and Ben. Okay, sure. Why not? Bridezilla. It was, Bridezilla. Little, it was a little unnecessary because I did like start liking her, but mm. you started liking Bree. 
Oh, oh I'm Renee, sorry, Renee, Renee. Within the last season? Within the last couple episodes. You I'll thought, like, okay. okay. You but know, then I can, I can work with this. I can work with this. But and you then, changed your mind? Yeah. It's just she was a bridezilla and she got away with that. I would not want my friend leaving my daughter in labor in a limousine getting a wedding dress. I would not care if that was her wedding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And how ridiculous. I love that this, the final episode of this entire season, of course, they're in a limo. Of course, one of the characters is pregnant and going into labor. Of yeah. course, Brie is, well, Brie was not in the limo. No, I'm sorry. Renee. Of course, Renee is more concerned about her wedding dress. And no, let's stop at the wedding dress shop. I don't care if and your water course, broke. Gabby was the one to help. You know what I mean? Like, Gabby is the selfish one that's like, all right, this baby's going to pop out right now, but this wedding is more important. And Susan then drove the getaway car, which was the limo. Yeah, which means <laughs> she never made the, the wedding. Well, I mean, again, I think that it, it's clear that Renee's character was used as a vehicle to... Mm-hmm to, you know, move along these other storylines and it needed to bring everyone together at the end. But I'm glad to see her back together with Ben. And Ben, speaking of women... Oh, you, you're not? I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. I just... It's not credible. It's not really that believable. You don't think they're truly in love? No. I I mean... I'm sure they're truly in love. I mean, he said some pretty sweet stuff to her in the last couple episodes. But remember when he first got engaged to her because he wanted her money? Yes. So, and then, like, two episodes later, he's, no, I, I actually, I really am in love with you. Wait a minute, though. But he, he was the one who admitted to her when he, when he proposed to her and wanted her money, he admitted, you know what? I can't do this. This is wrong. And you've got to know I'm in a financial bind and I know you have $12 million. Hmm. And then he, <laughs> and he said, I hope you will take me back and I am going to do this right and I will come back to you when I have sorted this out myself. So I, I, but he sorted it out pretty fast then, or something happened, but right? But you've got to admit he's got integrity, right? At least he fessed up to it. You just think he's hot? Actually, no. Okay, I really do I not. do not know what is the I do not the glamour and the glitz is about their their coupleness. No, I'm not. Ben is not my type. Actually, I don't have a type. Let's be honest. Well. Renee is more my type than Ben. <laughs> if that explains anything, that's great. And that is an AfterBuzz TV exclusive. So moving on, um, what if we take a little commercial break? Sure. And uh, whew, it's getting warm in it this is studio. Getting hot. Is it me? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just us. Maybe it's, it's just desperate. It's housewives. talking about Ben. <laughs> so stick <laughs> around. We'll be right back right after this. Oh gosh. <laughs> hey everybody, John Comerford here. I've got my Mad Men with me. Kevin Undergaro. Phil Svitak. For all you fans of Mad Men, we're your AfterBuzz TV hosts of Mad Men. Every Sunday, right after the show, 9:30, we're breaking down the episode. You can also check us out on iTunes and YouTube the following morning. We're going to get into the imagery, the symbolism, the structure. We give you all the information on Mad Men that the other podcasts out there don't. Very insightful. You're going to love it. Check us out. Please. (laughs) Hello, everybody. We are the L.A. Complex crew, and we are here with Andre Fuller from the L.A. Complex, who plays Caldrick King. And you can catch L.A. Complex every Tuesday night on The CW at 9 o'clock. After that... Come to our AfterBuzz TV show where we do a recap of the LA Complex. We talk about Raquel. We talk about sex tapes. We talk about, you know, relationships. And you can catch us live at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, AfterBuzzTV.com. If you can't catch us live, go ahead and swing over to YouTube the next day. You can rate. You can comment. Watch us. iTunes, same thing. Download, rate, comment. And we would love to hear your feedback. And we love to support, guys. So please, please, please support us and support the LA Complex. 
Buzz you later. Guys, this is the After Buzz TV crew for the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Woo! Don't forget to tune in every Monday night at 8 p.m. to see Adrian Vero, Deanna Vaughn, Susan Hahn, Giselle Ugardi. Buzz you later. After Buzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? It's getting really hot in here. <laughs> I love hearing our very own Phil Svitek in one of those commercial breaks. Phil, that is really nice. That makes me feel like I'm at home when I hear your voice. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I did not. Well, now you do, <laughs> right? Um, a funny story. This morning when I was at brunch, there was, there was a whole moment where, which character was it? I think it was Gabby when... <laughs> When Carlos was like, "Gabby, what's your favorite basketball team?" and she's like, "Oh, I um the uh the the Turtles." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when I was a kid growing up, you know, in Salt Lake with a bunch of masculine cousins who liked to shoot squirrels to prove that they were men, they I felt this inferiority complex when it came to sports, mm-hmm. and I used to have to pretend to know everything about sports. I know nothing about sports. I'm not. And I that's okay. I don't really care. That's okay. I mean, Maria, our friend Menunos, she is nuts about sports and a huge Boston Celtics fan. I don't share that love, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that people of sports-loving and non-sports-loving lives can come together and be one. And that's why in tonight's episode, I totally laughed when Carlos was like, well, the basketball team, the Turtles, are you kidding? Because just this morning at brunch, I was with four guys, yeah. and my friend was like, yeah, I'm going to, up to San Francisco, <laughs> and they have that, um, you know, that team, the, um, the, the Clippers? They, the, the Clippers, they play... I was like, is that no, Francisco? No, Pierce. The Clippers are in in L.A. He's like, now what sport is that? What what? And oh, I know that that's goodness. basketball, but still, it's you know, I think it's okay to be a guy and not. Does know he about live sports. in L.A. though? You got to know at least your sports teams in L.A. You don't want to know how good they're doing, but he does live in L.A. Wow. But he works for Warren Buffett, and he's taking a private jet to San Francisco tomorrow. So he's got something going on for him, even if he doesn't know sports teams. No, he's not <laughs> anyway, so that was a funny moment in tonight's episode that I totally identified with. Okay, Tom and Lynette. I've been dying to talk about let's, them let's, all night. Let's rock and roll with them. Okay, be honest. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that I was crying? No, I didn't. You didn't? Okay, oh I hit goodness. it well then. Tonight in our screening room, we when the whole Tom and Lynette scenario happened, I would like, Put my head down, kind of like, like I wanted to cry too. Streaming down my face, and uh. I wiped them away. And ca- or Phil, is that you crying? Who? Jesus, God, is that you? That is me. Oh, that is you. Wow, you recovered quite oh, nicely. My no, seriously, this is the storyline I have been waiting yeah. to finally, finally see come together. And you know, ego got in the way of yeah. both of them. It was like. Tom didn't want to share his true feelings. Lynette didn't want to share her true feelings. And so they both couldn't just say what they were thinking. And that's why Karen McCluskey came in. But yeah, I I was like ready to tear up too. I'm like, I can't do this. I I don't cry in TV shows. But you know, we've been following them for so long. We've seen them through ups and downs. And like I said, I love Tom and Lynette. And I love Tom. He makes me feel like men are good or can be good. Well, (laughs) they're actually not. So I don't want to disappoint you, but... Welcome to the real world, Kyle. Well, I've been there, you know. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Uh-huh. Obviously, men are good. One Sometimes. of them in the world. Um, they no, <laughs> no that's Where's true. He? he he brought back hope, and that was. I, I would have been devastated. I, I I was a little worried that they were going to the place of, well, Tom has moved on, and Lynette has moved yeah, on, yeah. and they are not going to coexist. Well, they're going to coexist, but they're not going to cohabitate. Yeah, And I was thinking, wow, if they lead their separate lives, maybe that's a great example that divorced people can be friends too, but I would rather see them together. And when, oh my gosh, last, last week in the third to final episode, 
when Tom came to Lynette's door and saw Lee, the annoying neighbor, sorry, I'm not a fan of Lee, undressing <laughs> Lynette, undoing her dress, mm-hmm. and he, and Tom came out to the door, and you saw that look on his face, and he just, yeah. Ugh, and he turned and walked away. I was thinking, no, those are times when I actually yell out at my TV set because I'm so frustrated at, at what's going down. Well, yeah, like you yelled uh, during the screening today, tonight. What? When did I yell out? You, up? when he came for five minutes and she was looking dazzling and smoking hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he said, I, I just want to let you know I'm going to file for divorce. Right. And you're like, no! I'm like, what are they doing? I know, because the thing is, Lynette had been so heartbroken figuring that Tom had moved on with mm-hmm. Jane and she didn't want to put herself out there and say, but Tom, I love you and yeah, let's make this work. stubborn. I am so, so glad they both figured this out. If, if Karen McCluskey's husband, Roy, had not sorted Tom out, I don't think Tom would have come back and, and told Lynette how he well, really feels. That's the thing about th- that storyline was I think that a lot of couples actually struggle with that stubbornness and pride. And sometimes a lot of things that should be said aren't because of that. And I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm a victim of that. I totally am, too. In fact, I will not share an anecdote based on my personal life that may or may not have just happened this evening. Oh, no. <laughs> No, but it happens. I mean, it couples does. have disagreement all the time. And if you're not talking about how you're feeling, then yeah, yeah. where do you go from there? So, I, I mean, props to Tom and Lynette for reminding us tonight. I know. Did you think it was cheesy at all? I thought it was necessary. It was a little cheesy, but it was... The one thing that bothered me, like I said, was I wish Lynette was wearing something more <laughs> feminine. She was wearing... She looked like Butch Cassidy out there, you know? Lynette's like in this <laughs> dumpy business suit. <laughs> yeah. And I love her attitude. She's like, Tom, I'm holding ice. <laughs> what are you getting at? My ice is melting. <laughs> like, Lynette, come and then she on. Drops the ice. Take your hair down and flip it around and take off your top or something. I don't know. But I mean, isn't that symbolic that she's holding ice? So she's ice cold and then she drops the ice right before she runs to him. You know, there's all these little sim- symbolism things in Desperate Housewives that I love. Ori, you took a creative writing class slash art history class Uh-oh. slash like drama class, didn't maybe, you? Maybe I just like imagining no, these things. That's it. No, you're absolutely, no, you're totally right. And I'm sure that those things are not coincidental. Because, you know, it, it wouldn't have had the same effect if she if they'd been like, oh, Lynette, do you have a hot turkey in your oven at your house that you could run? You know, like if she was carrying some steaming hot plate of food. <laughs> That might not have worked out so well. Yeah, a bag of ice. Stress though, but it was perfect. And the 360 shot of the camera going around. Mm. Oh, I was like, thank the dear sweet baby Jesus that Lynette and Tom are back together. And whatever happened to their their littlest child, the youngest one, the the twin that didn't pass away. Oh, she's one of those characters like Andrew. I just wanted to say what happened. You see them once, and then you never see them again. (laughs) Unless necessary. Although it was, so we never we saw Porter in the hospital with Mm -hmm. Julie when Julie was giving birth. We never saw Porter's twin again. And Penny, Tom and Lynette's uh, daughter, who's what like thirteen or fourteen, somewhere around there. Penny, I love that Penny was playing the accomplice to the whole like, hey mom, guess what? Jane moved out. No, her toothbrush is gone. She's really, really gone. She's just like Lynette. I know. I love it. I know. Now, one thing that was troubling to me, though, is you feel like everything is finally wrapped up. We were, as we were watching this episode tonight, I said, oh, okay, that wraps up Susan's storyline. All right, that wraps up Bree's storyline. That wraps up Lynette and Tom. I was mildly uncomfortable. And, you know, Roxy, Roxy sent me the world's longest text message tonight, and maybe I should quote from it. She couldn't be here tonight because she is on the East Coast preparing for a trip to Europe. But I want to read you some of what she wrote. She was a bit irked Mm -hmm. by the fact that 
Lynette and Tom got back into this same thing. So she she was saying, she was like, why do they have to have this? Hold on. She said, um, okay. She's like, why do they have to have this argument over and over again? They certainly stumble and they bicker, but they're clearly meant for each other. Well, and I kind of, and I kind of, feel the same way. Well, I, I, I see where you guys are coming from and I totally could kind of agree, but at the same time I'm thinking maybe, just maybe, it's because they want to show that them getting back together and she had that inkling of I might want to move to New York, but this time around it was no like three episodes and a long run like of another mess. She cleared herself up real quick and said I realized that I'm not going to do that anymore. This hmm. is the, I'm turning my leaf. And they want to show that this is it. This is it. Like, she's happy, for sure. But at the same time, though, we did see that in the flash forward, the same thing that Tom was complaining about, saying, Lynette, you're never satisfied. You want to move to New York? Yeah. Then they moved to New York in the fast forward. But they seemed happy. They did seem happy. But I feel like this, you know, we've been thinking, oh, Lynette, 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 she's so difficult. This was a huge moment for Tom, because Tom mm-hmm. stepped up and said, you know what? You are a strong woman, and thank you for acknowledging that you're happy with me, but I'm going to step up as your husband and say, I support you in whatever you want to do career-wise, and let's move to New York. And they did, and they have a great penthouse on Central Park. I mean, she has probably the best life. That would probably never happen in my lifetime, <laughs> getting all that, the best husband and the best job. They, a lot of it was, a li- was very coming up roses, like Lynette and Tom have a penthouse on Central Park. Gabby and Bree have a mansion in California, and they're sipping Mai Tais in the hot tub. Uh, Bree moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and she's a state legislator. Yeah, you know, a, a, a lot of it was, was a bit rosy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, excuse me. I should not have had those beans for dinner. That is so embarrassing. No, that, that was the buzzer saying our Phil, lives are not like that. Phil, did you hear that? Oh, that wasn't me? No, that was a buzzer. Oh, that was a buzzer. Oh gosh, I thought it must have been that awful Mexican food I had earlier. Forgive me. Oh, oh that was your Mexican oh, food. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed that this is happening Uh-oh. on the air. How did that how did that happen? Oh my gosh, okay, it's getting a little warm Excuse. in here. Sorry, if you see me shifting in my seat, now you know why. Okay, so listen, I would I would love to go on and on and on about this. It's it's a sad thing for me to see Desperate Housewives going away. Yeah, and me too. I know that we had talked about maybe dressing up as our favorite characters for tonight's last episode. I don't episode. know who I would dress up as though. I know it's Who hard would to- you have been? Well, I don't. I can't say that I have a favorite, but uh, as Phil can attest, I, I mean, you can totally attest to this, Phil. I am certainly Lynette. Yeah. And I knew it. We all knew it. And then Phil confirmed it the day he took the online "Which Desperate Housewife Housewife Are You?" And he, rather than asking me any of the questions, he just answered the questionnaire on my behalf mm-hmm. because he knows me so well. And he came up with Lynette. Did you not? I did. Phil, it was uh, it was quite the test for those of you uh, listening right now. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's a couple episodes back. It's just Derek and I, and uh, Derek was doing the show. I obviously don't watch the show. I haven't <gasps> seen, no, I haven't since season seven. Uh, that is I sacrilegious. Since season seven, sacrilege. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it back to back to back to back. Then listen to your guys' podcast so that way I can just knock them all out once. How do you have time to do this? Phil? I don't. You are the busiest person. But anyway, I know. but but yes. So he is Lynette. And I did answer the questions for him. Okay, but which housewife were you, Phil? That's the most important question. I was Susan. You were oh, Susan. God. I was right. Susan, yes. Really? So. Oh, I know a lot more about you now, Phil. See, I don't see <laughs> that. I don't see the Susan side. I think you're more of a Renee. I could tell you I would want to. 
Never mind. Whoa. Oh, no, never mind. You you Ooh. started to say it. You must yeah. finish it. You would like to. I could tell you who I'd want to hook up with, and that is Susan. Is it really? It yeah. Is. You're not? kidding. Yeah. Well, you know what? Well, you Gabby's the obvious the choice, but I feel like Susan's the, you know, the wife next door type of deal. Bree's nice, but yeah, not my type. Lynette, ah, you're too much of a sadist for me. But yeah, but Susan, yeah, I could see Susan. So Phil, you are a sensible guy, and you would like to to hook up with Susan because she will raise your illegitimate grandchild. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, teaches them. You know what? I love that. that. I love that. Corey, I wish you had a chance to take that quiz because I would be curious to see I just know. what you are. I wonder who you are. I don't know. Maybe none of the above. Well, I'm very unique, you know. Well, I'm just kidding. Maybe not as unique as you think you are. No, I'm kidding. But if it, for our viewers or listeners who have not had a chance to take that Housewives quiz, I think it's kind of interesting to do. It? It's on ABC.com, so like, yeah, you know, check support it out. the show, check it out. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah and in the what? meantime, you I'll can take watch the quiz and I'll YouTube my answer. Take the quiz, on YouTube the, your answer, or tweet it or whatever. Comments. Yeah, tweet it up. And in case you missed any of this season's episodes, you can always find episodes on ABC.com. You just go to ABC.com, you click on Watch Episodes. And I know that House, Desperate Housewives had a few missteps and maybe they stumbled here and there. People talked about, oh, their ratings are slipping this season. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Overall, they had about 10 million viewers. They had a lot of people. That, that's what they averaged this year. And that's, that's not anything to shake, you know, to shake off. I mean, that's a big deal. Regardless of whether it was a good storyline, bad storyline, I always followed it because... They kind of felt like your Sunday family. I know. You know. You, I know. You I'm gonna miss that. Want to know what's going on with everybody? Before we wrap it up, Katori, maybe, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but what mm-hmm. do you think is your favorite storyline? We've seen a lot on Mysteria Lane. We saw a tornado. We've seen a plane crash. There, of course, was a child molester. Yeah. The people locked in the basement. There were murders. There. There was so much going on, but what to you stands out in your mind? And it doesn't have to be a rosy moment. It could be uh, anything that was dramatic well, to you. I mean, I, that would be really hard for me to answer. <laughs> but the You're first, not on a time clock. The first thing that came to my head was when Lynette decided to support Tom and have that pizza, pa- pizza parlor and everything that went along with that pizza parlor. Oh, how interesting. That's right, yeah. when he had that business. Yeah, she, it was like showing that she decided to support him because they were going back and forth. She did not want him to do that because it was a big risk because he would be making less money possibly. That's sweet. So I think that was the first thing that popped in my head because I always liked Tom and Lynette. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, you, it's clear of watching the show with you that you have a total soft spot for Tom. I do. He does seem like a nice guy for sure. Very patient man. I mean, being with a Lynette. What about uh, Edie, Edie Britt, since, um, since, since that was brought up earlier in tonight's show? We never saw Nicolette Sheridan ever again. After, well, actually, there was one little flashback of her after she was electrocuted. But after that, I mean, she uh, it's like Edie okay. never existed. The no most, one ever mentions her name. The most interesting thing that came out of Edie Britt was that she had her nephew hook up with um, Susan's daughter. <laughs> That's right. That yes. I think. Mean, other than that, you know, I wasn't that heartbroken when she got electrocuted and died. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought you were going to say passed away, but she did get electrocuted. Yeah, I was like, no, it wasn't die. that nice. 
it was pretty harsh the way she passed on, but you know, well, no, I said passed on. Keep an eye out for the box set. I'm sure it's going to be yeah. out there. I will certainly well, we be play the revisiting the series. Oh, what's the game? All right, let's go. We're about to wrap up, and here you have this amazing the thing. Game, the Phil, game, the game, game, just... game. And right. and we do have to talk about Dana Delaney's lesbian, not so lesbian. She once was a yes. lesbian, but we're so confused. Character who did come back to the lane tonight. That's a shock, and that's certainly because Mark Cherry likes Dana Delaney in real life. Yeah, and she won't. no question about it. Maybe she's promoting her show. What was the of. point of her coming? Oh, to offer no Lynette point. the job, but that was unnecessary. That could have been done some other way. She could have got a phone call. Totally. From Dana Delaney. <laughs> and she did. Okay, Phil, what's this awesome game? And by the way, is there a camera so people are seeing you? Yes, yeah, there is. There's I... one right there. Oh, great. Hello, guys. So, so people can see you talking. Yes, they can. So I mean, y- they can hear you talking. So here we go. Um, I'm going to play. We'll do, uh, we'll do five sound clips. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'll play them. And then you tell me the season oh that the sound clip happened in. I cannot believe you didn't even warn us you were doing this. We that's I, the best well, part. Well, that's, 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 you're not supposed to know. Ideals we can do this. We can do this. All right, here this. we go. First one. Maybe. Every time I'm around that man, he tries to grab my ass. <laughs> I made over 200000 doing business with him last year. If he wants to grab your ass, you let him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold on. I think this might have been this season. I think this might have been earlier on this season when Carlos was in rehab and when Gabby was trying to salvage some of these larger clients uh, who are bringing in lots of money. I think it's season one. Okay, and why do you think that? I think it's because Carlos didn't care so much about Gabby as to like making money. So. I know, but what was the scenario, though? Who was the guy grabbing her ass? I don't know. <laughs> I just... Mm. Can I use a lifeline? You could. Well, I didn't, so I think you're going to have to spill the beans tell us who it was. I'm going to... Po- how about this? I'm going to make the fans work for this, too. Oh, I like oh, you're going to go to facebook.com slash TV to find the results. I'm going to make you guys work. Or, you know what? Here's Fine. I'll be a little bit nice. I'm going to create a bonus episode where I'll just announce the results. Oh, I think that's a good okay, idea. Okay, that's a great so, idea. Okay, but, but so why don't I do that? we can share the results right now. unless. But if we get the answer right, will you tell us? I will. Okay. I will. So we, got so it we didn't get the answer right. <laughs> we'll find out. I'll tell you all at the end how many you got. I'll tell you how many out of how many you got right. Okay. That, wait, give us a hint. No, Come on. I, can't. No, I, I need a no, little no, bit no, of a confidence no, no. booster. I think you're actually closer than I am. I think you're maybe... Right, yeah. I go. swear it was this season. You could be right. I swear it was. All right, here we go. All right. Okay. The man at the desk said there were no vacant rooms. Mind if I bunk with you? That's all we get? Yeah. It's... First, we need a pin... That's Brie, right? It's Brie. Is that her being a hoe bag this season? Being a hoe bag? She you know remember she was sledding around this She season. was being sexually liberated. That's not being a hoe bag. Well, for her standards, it was. Oh, judgmental. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is this bunk taken? Wait, will you please play the, that clip again, dear we'll Phil? Will do, will do. Okay. The man at the desk said there were no vacant rooms. Mind if I bunk with you? The man oh, at the no. desk said there no. were no vacant rooms. No, it's... I'm going to say season one again. It was when she was trying to get with her first husband, and he, she felt like he was not attracted to her anymore. Oh, like she was doing a bit of role-playing. Yes. Was it her first husband, Rex, or was it Orson? I think it was Rex. Are you sure it wasn't Orson after they'd had a fight, and she was, he had checked into the hotel because he was depressed, and she went back to him, and... 
I think it was Rex because she was trying to um, find out if she, he's into prostitutes and she surprised him being her. She was wearing a trench coat. Yeah, I think. And she was like wearing that red lingerie. I mean. Oh, Phil, these are Is hard. this a ding, ding, ding? Oh, uh, we'll find out. Oh. We'll find out. <gasps> All right, uh, we'll do one more. Okay. We'll do one more. Can we do more than one more? Because I can't. Sure. Yeah, yeah, this is fine. Mike. Hold on, let me replay that one. Oh, that was Susan. Susan. I heard her voice. Okay. What am I supposed to say to Mike? I saw you half naked and I thought I'd drop by. Oh. What am I supposed Isn't to say to Mike? Isn't that season one also? What am I supposed to say? Season one, I was like 20 years old. She said, what do I say to Mike? I that I saw, saw you have naked. I saw, I saw you have naked, so I dropped by. Isn't that like season one where she got like... Are these all season one? I don't Pick know, maybe. No, is that the trick question? Uh, yeah, um, are these all season one? They could be. Um, oh. I don't... Okay, that one is not ringing a bell. I'm not even going to guess. I'm going to do the season one again. Right. It's going to end up being my... I'll my tell you a secret. They're all gone from one place. <laughs> so they are from season one. They are from season oh. one. So trick questions okay. here. Okay. You okay. want to hear some of the other ones? Just have some fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, let's All do right, it. We, uh, let's see. What's ding, the fun ding, ding. Oh, good uh, job, Kaori. I, yeah, season one was a long time. Are you still trying to say thank you? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's all you're giving us? I feel like we're playing secret sound on the radio yeah, station. Yeah, that's like a common phrase. I have this hole in my life that can't be filled by shopping. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Okay, Gabby uh, <laughs> could have said that any episode, although it should have been, I have this hole in my life that I'm trying to fill with That shopping. is so funny. So that's the sound bites that I have. That's pretty there. good. Okay, so tell us, how many did we get right? Well, uh, well she How got, many she did got, we get right, Bill? Uh, are you, yeah, yeah, for the viewers out there, uh, he's point zero. She got him, she got him, though. She said season one, so she was right. Well, I'm glad to know that you are not fired and that I am. <laughs> Clearly, I am not good at this game. What the hell? That was hard, Phil, but that was fun. That was really good. It was fun. Thank you for busting that out. No problem. Yeah. Well, I wish we could say that there would be many more episodes of Desperate Housewives and we'll be playing more trivia, but that, folks, is all we have. And that's the bad news. Oh, yeah. But the good news is that After Buzz TV is here around the clock. Phil, our buddy, is working his butt off to make sure that all these shows go up on the air, that your after shows for your favorite TV shows are ready when you want to listen mm -hmm. to them. And if you just check out our website, AfterBuzzTV.com, you can see an entire list of the shows that we cover. All right, Kaori? Yeah. And it was great working with you. Thank you for letting me join in last minute. Oh, my gosh. So I'm fun. so glad you were here. Roxy, we uh, we wish you well in Europe. We're yeah, sad Roxy, you were fun. not here for, for our final series finale. But uh, don't worry. You can see Kaori. You can see Roxy. You can see me. You can see Phil on some of the other shows. Yeah, so we'll just be there. keep tabs on us and yeah. follow us on Twitter. Starting I'm tomorrow, aren't you doing uh, America's Got Talent? Yeah. You're making history because Stern's going to be on that show. So, yes, mm -hmm. we're making history there. So, America's Got Talent, After Buzz TV, Howard Stern. He's going to be a hell of a judge. Absolutely. So. What's your Twitter handle so people can find oh. you? You can find me at K A O R I O U S, Kaorius. Kaorius. Yes. Okay. And I'm at Derek, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, sure. Or you can find me at DerekandMatt.com if you want to support my AIDS lifecycle efforts. Go support. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And uh, and Phil, you're always around at AfterBuzz, right? That's so right. Follow AfterBuzz TV. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thanks again to all of you. Susie, thank, thank you, you for calling in. Thank you for the iTunes ratings and the YouTube comments. We love you all. And we'll see you very soon. Take it easy.
From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. You later. Forever. No, why? The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.